0: All right, guys, this is The H, sponsored by Delight Cafe CBD, as well as Black Girl Media. Shout out to Shayna. We wish you were here. We wish you, um, wish you well with all that's been going on. We got Brandon over here. We got Joe, and we got John Burton. correct? Yes, sir. All right, I said it right. You okay. did. We, we were deliberating beforehand. Who's going to say it wrong? Who's going to mess it up? Brandon's known what? me for two years now and still says my last name wrong, so...
1: What's your last name?
0: Spawn. But it's... It, it,
2: okay. It's spelled like spoon and I got ingrained it. Shh. Oh, whistle. Yeah. I have a whistle now. You gave me a lisp. It's spelled like spoon when I looked at it the first time and I he, I didn't get the proper spelling. So he went in my phone like that. and Now every time I see him, I just picture his last name being spoon. So yeah. Don't worry. There's people in my phone have way worse stuff. I have a guy I've known for 12 years. He's in my phone as Joe, but his real name's Jim. <laughs> so, so
0: be happy with what you got. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, really funny.
3: This is the lesson of being grateful. Yes. So,
0: so we're gonna go in here, John. I've I've been thinking a lot about what you were saying, what you were talking about doing with creative process. Is is that what you guys are going with?
1: Yes. Yes, sir.
0: Um, we actually ran into, the gentleman's name was Mike, um, yesterday. He is the director of, it was the Cleveland Film School?
2: Yes, uh, the, 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 what was it, they had a really good name and I just don't remember it off the top of my head. He's from the film school, but like, he's one of the premier directors and producers in Cleveland. He makes a bunch of movies and what was really cool is they were filming stuff for uh, the Josh Cribs show with Cleveland Comedians and Brent and them. And what was interesting about all of it was he, uh, totally was gonna say what part he was doing. Oh, he was making sure everybody was doing the social distancing, everybody was wearing masks. I was honestly impressed with how well he did it, but he's a very high-end uh, guy, guy in Cleveland for making movies and stuff. So go ahead, Joe, you, were, you wanted to tell? Well, so we, um, you know, all right.
0: off air, when we had our conversation, we talked about what you guys are looking to do with creative process. I'd love for you to jump in and talk about that a little more so we can bring a little bit of light to this and, and you know possibly help you get the ball rolling.
1: Um there's more to get um to let kids know about opportunities before it's too late. Like you know, you find out about certain jobs and you're already doing a job you hate sometimes. So if a guy could have been like a he might not have been a director, you know, but he might have well been film he might not know about film school. Like those creative jobs still exist because they're not always creative jobs. Some of them are, are great, related to creative stuff, but they're really labor jobs. And uh, everybody knows those opportunities exist. You know, it's a, it's kind of like it's a wasted opportunity because um, if you have stage managers. If you're not a good actress, but you like movies, you might know how to set up a stage. You can't really act; you just know how it should look. You might have an eye for that. If you know it's actually a job, you don't have to, like give up on your dreams. You can just you still be around something you love and not be an entertainer. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, go ahead. Go. I was just saying, I think that's so important because, you know, it lets people know that, you know, there are a lot of creatives and there are a lot of people that, you know, can be in front of a camera or can have a mic in front of them, but there are some people that that's just not something that they want to do or are interested or in doing, or maybe it's just not something they're comfortable with. So I think it's a great way to, to show that there are avenues to be in, uh, something that's such a very cool and such a very interesting industry. <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to be the person on screen right here. Um and I think that's important too because they very much play such an important role in the films. Correct.
1: You yeah, like we, we, sorry, yes, sir. no go ahead John uh, I would say um if you can if you knew the different jobs like things you could do, you would like if you had the interest of it, you would know what to do it. Like a lot of people don't know like the arts are getting cut in schools already. So certain opportunities you wouldn't even know about exist there. Like you might even know that you could be um like be a wardrobe person. Yeah. You might know it's a job you can have if you're not really around it. Because nowadays, average high school and especially in Cleveland, they don't have school plays. Mm-hmm. So like that whole you know, generation's growing up with drama and all that stuff, we don't even create those people. We'll never create another Halle Berry or, or Canyonia Hall because we don't have drama. Like, we never have another Drew Carey because we don't really have drama. We don't really have people that can be creative in the school anymore. They just, they get their own blog and they just be mad online and not really get productive. Just opinions. Like, that's not, we can, we can try and stop that being a generational thing yeah. coming.
2: You made a great point. We were talking the other day with John on the phone and he was talking about how, like you just said with directors, there's so few in getting that and how comedy you use as a mental health thing and like how you were actually saying like it really does help you get like a different way out and all that. Uh, you really wanna do a lot of good things with the community and help these kids be able to get out into their, out of their heads and be able to like expand into their next, next best them. Uh, tell me a little bit about like how you came to that with wanting to do that and how you're planning to attack that uh, mission.
1: Um, actually it was Rob Ward's idea. He's also a comedian. And uh, he comes from Glenville High School and he always now that we're in comedy, we see there's so many jobs that we don't really even know about, let alone aren't getting. (laughs) Like it's one thing not to get the job. It's another not to know that job exists. Like you know, certain parts we feel like you know, we don't really know the opportunities we could have if we just, you know, we learned about them. So it's like it's just trying to help people. You don't like if your high school doesn't give you that training early, you'll never really have a creative bone in your body, and we don't want that to die off.
3: Um, I think to piggyback on what you're saying too, John, is it's not like sports where you can go join a club team or go to another city, yeah. Um, you know, these kids, you know, not having the ability to see if you like something or if you have a natural gift for it, you know, that's rough. You know, if you don't have a graphic design class to see if hey, I'm real creative and I work really well with computers or Maybe, you know, somebody that would be a really good singer and they wouldn't be like a Hollywood actor, but they would kick ass on Broadway, you know, taking away those things because there's where are they going to go to do those things unless they have an agent, unless their parents super connected, and knows how to get them. Mm-hmm. In. Yeah. They don't have that easy avenue in a high school play because there's multiple roles in the high school play. It kind of reminds me of watching School of Rock, right? Yeah. How you had the certain kids that were good at certain things and talented and, you know, like one was real good on computers backstage. You know, the other one, you know, they just lifted stuff but understood the equipment. How, you know, there's so many different parts of each industry and you're not giving kids the opportunity to even see at the multiple different parts let alone participate in any of them and that's taking away a big opportunity you know like I grew up playing hockey so if my city didn't have a hockey team I'd have to pay more but I can go join a club team they're a little more expensive but I still had the choice and I could still play the game where are these kids gonna go do plays and learn you know technology sound boards lighting you know what I mean like there's a lot I understand where you come from they're missing out on a lot of opportunity
1: like you see those movies back in the day where like you see a, a school play and you're like, how the how are all these kids doing these jobs? And then like I went to a high school that didn't have a school play and I realized, oh, when I got to college, I realized, oh, your high school had a drama class, huh? Ain't that something? Like, I thought we was doing <laughs> big shit, cause We had a we had a golf team. I'm like, we had a golf team on high school. We thought we was doing, you know, going pretty good. And realized, oh, you tell me, you got a swim team? Y'all got a pool at your high school? Get the fuck out of here. You know, you just had those ideas where you just didn't know. And you start... I just felt really sad I didn't have those opportunities. I thought it was made up stuff. I already know that those things existed. So I want to get kids to know that before they get my age. You know, I don't want to be too old realizing, oh, that was a job I better did. I really like that movie. I want to be that person.
0: Well, and that goes directly back to something we say all the time. Y- you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. you know, how, how can you be blamed and or like how can you really figure something out if you don't have a resource around you you know your school your parents something in your community to to lead you in that direction You just have no idea I mean at
3: that age too it's so much more important than when you're an adult because when you're an adult you pretty much have your moral compass set and you kind of have a better idea of what you like and don't like but that at that age going through puberty and developing and you know your tastes changing from music to art to sports Like, that's a really crucial time to help someone find a new avenue in their life that they would have maybe never thought they would have loved. And, uh, you know, that's just one thing. You know, it it could be they didn't have certain sports teams. Maybe they didn't have certain clubs or different languages you can learn. Like, it, it goes far past just drama and plays and music. I mean, there's so many avenues in high school. And I think, honestly, the schools that have more options, it is really helpful. And it also helps people that maybe struggle making friends be able to connect with people that are just
1: like them. You know, that's a big part of it, too. Because A lot of kids lose their imagination because they gotta be so serious so soon. So if you can actually, you know, play a little bit longer, if you will, it's a lot easier. So like we're trying to keep kids with their imaginations. Yeah. If you think about it now, kids don't really have it. Like they used to really play with toys the same. It's just we're doing stuff that we're adults, so we can handle having a cell phone. We don't really get engulfed in it. But children that's all they know. hmm I agree.
0: Good. I see you got one. I was gonna
1: ask John, how did you get into comedy? Um, I tried it a couple times. I think my mother would be the reason why, because uh, my mother she would play stand-up comedy tapes whenever we were on road trips. Okay. And I liked it. And I just wanted to try it, but I never knew how you would do comedy. I tried it when I was 19 in a talent show, and it was horrible. So I did do it again. Until I was 26 at yeah. an open mic, and I kind of stuck with it then, but it was horrible then too. I just stuck with it, I guess. <laughs> at 26, I finally got used to failing. I just figured I'd do it on my own terms.
0: What is that, why did you stick with it? You know, you said, you do, if you're gonna fail, do it on your own terms. What was it about comedy that was like, this is the thing I'm gonna fail at again and again and again until, until I cross that threshold?
1: My ego, honestly. My ego was like, man, you can't, there's no reason to quit this. Yep. Like some things you quit them because you don't have the money, you don't have the time or whatever but this is not even a time for thing in the beginning. You just give it a try. Worst case, you're not going to be famous, but you're not famous now. So what do you lose?
0: Exactly. I so, love what I always said. And I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's something, you know, I, I had a thought earlier today. I-, I just started listening to a book on audio called The Four Agreements. Joe actually told me about it. I- I've had other people um, recommend it. John, are you familiar? So um, the four agreements, it just talks a lot about basically the agreements you make with yourself um, is essentially what you put out into the world and actually what dictates how you live. And um, it, it talks about essentially you domesticate yourself in certain ways based on the agreements that you make. So you, you know, people make agreements to do certain things, you know, commitments whether it's a job, a car, a person, something like that, but then they're tied to that and they're restricted due to that. And if it's all agreements that uh, you know, are conducive to what they are actually interested in, what they love, what they wanna do, they live a happy life. If it's like, if your agreement's made with that uh, mortgage or with that car, then you're gonna inevitably make other agreements that might not make you happy because you have to fulfill yeah. those. So um, I found a lot of people are scared to, or are scared, <laughs> English. A lot of people are scared to, uh, to chase what actually makes them feel alive because at the end of the day, we all know we're, we're gonna die. Yeah. That's not what makes us special. Those of us that actually choose to live, you choosing to overcome failing in comedy, that was your version of living. So I just thought that that's interesting that that's you know and uh, kind of you know hands. I
3: always speak on that to people. I said there's a difference between feeling alive and living. Mm-hmm. You know everybody lives, right? We all get our life, and when our lifespan's over, we die. But uh, there's a difference between being alive. And I always tell people I'll try to increase the moments you feel alive more than just existing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's like you know when he goes up and does comedy, whether it's in front of you know maybe 10 people or 200 people, that's when John feels alive. You fighting Brandon. Um, like spinning fire probably 20 other things Brandon does so many ops, yeah. I don't even know where to start And that's not even me I'm like I sound like Bill from like uh, Pennywise stuttering but yeah. you know that's like with Brandon he does so many things and like for me it's just like you know gaming and working out like that's you know when I feel like alive or I'm with people that I really enjoy it doesn't even have to be an adrenaline thing yeah. it could just be you know hang out with your good friends BSing at a bar around some drinks and some food And you, yep. but you feel alive and you're making memories in those moments you're not just existing Yep. so that's kind of like where I always kind of tie that in so John, uh, tell me about yes, the sir. fact
2: that you're doing a lot with comedy. You're doing a lot to try to get back into the city. How are you? How are you gonna connect with the kids to be able to do this? How do you want to be able to? And thank you guys for both sharing that, by the way. Uh, but how? Are, how are you connecting with the kids? What are you doing to get into that community? And how can I help? Uh, my, my team likes to get out there and do nice things. I want to be. Gerald is trying to get into stand-up comedy. When I say that, he's done five shows. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's learning things and all that, but I'm sitting here going, I loved what we talked about the other day. You really want to help these kids get into other other avenues and teach them they can be a director, they can be a, a producer, they can be an actor. It's more than just the little things. How can we help you guys? You've achieved your mission because we want to help you out any way we can.
1: Um, I think I was talking about a plan on um, how to do that was... uh. Since Caramel already exists as community-based um, theater, try to kind of like a recruitment for them. Just get some people to sign up for you know classes that you get interested in. If you're not doing a, a school play, you can at least have a, a team play. You know, you can have grades have different plays. So the fifth and sixth grades can have their own person to help them write a play and be actors, casting, you know, do all the little jobs you can in fifth and sixth grade. And then the 7th 8th grade have a play, that age group. But we have just the schools. and I think Caramel would be a great partner, but we're still hashing out all those details now. That's like the idea more than anything. I love it.
2: Uh, so when did you start comedy? Like start knowing you wanted uh, to be a
1: comedian? Well, I started knowing I wanted to be when I probably was uh, 16. I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how. Uh, I watched uh, Delirious. Um, I wasn't supposed to, of course, but I just I saw it, man. <laughs> well,
3: I think we all do things we're not supposed to do when we're young. It's Part of yeah.
1: growing. but I've only—I've only heard Bill Cosby. I didn't really get to see him. So my mom would Bill Cosby tapes, and it was okay because it was the '80s, and they <laughs> were funny. There were stories I would hear that I'm like, oh, that's—I've done that type of story. I've had—I've done stuff like that. Oh, I, I'm that kind of person. I don't put a, a snowball in the freezer and let it wait until July until I see the kid again and I hit him with a snowball. Like, I, I get that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I've never i have never Oh, he had a joke about that. So I'm like, I'm just that goddamn petty. So I'm like, man, I, I, I like this. Then I saw Murphy and that changed my life. Yeah. It was like, I, the stories he told, I wanted to live that. I, wanted to, I wish my ice cream man was a jerk. I wish I had that type of experience. Like, he made everything, even the silly things, they seem cool. So I'm like, oh, I want to tell stories like that. I had a fun childhood I, I could talk about going to camp <laughs> it was like I just I wanted to try it and then I finally stuck with it and um, it, it was working out when it existed
0: <laughs> once you became a comedian did you and you you know with you being interested in it you, maybe you saw it before as well but did these you know, any moment you encounter in life, did you start to see, like, the irony and, like, the comedy in every, basically, all
1: everyday mm-hmm. activities? Yeah. Like, even things as simple as racism. Dr. Seuss has a book about <clears throat> these, whatever uh, creatures are, some of them have stars in their stomach, some of them don't. And they start going back and forth about trying to change their stars, and it's like, that's pretty much race. Yep. You just look different, but you can switch, switch it up. That's no difference in his race. Because people would change their stars because they wanted one, and they really stuff they wanted one and all that stuff, and it was reversed, and everybody got mixed up, and they finally kind of found peace, and that's never happened here. Like every time we get kind of mixed up, it's like it's cute, it's fun, but we don't really get along. Mm-hmm. You're getting Barack Obama, who's he's mixed. He has a white mother, and they still the, the deep rooted hate was they just they just disregarded the white side of him. And he's a nigga. It's like, geez, God, we, the president? Damn, I thought y'all least he's off the president. Like, I, thought, I thought somebody had a pass. Commander-in-chief? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I thought you guys loved this country. Like, damn, that's, that's your guy. You know, fair and square, if anything. Like, how can you still be mad at this guy? He's half white. Like, we will remind people. Like, hey, you know, the president's also half white. You don't got to hate him as much. Like, You don't got to hate like, him as he's, he's, he's one of us. Like, he's all of us. Like, yeah. what more do you want? but somehow we just were so blinded by our hate that we didn't even see it that way. We didn't care that mm. this guy was the guy, like he's, nobody like the guy, existed.
0: He's the guy that actually represents more so than any other representative to the time, or actually still to the time. Yeah, that is
3: actually all of us. Like you see true of what America's become and what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the country cracked. You gotta think, Barack took so much uh, hate because you get a guy like Trump who just he fires off at everybody because people got really comfortable talking crazy about the president. Yeah, he has no like,
3: accuracy. Oh. He's everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, but I mean that's what after a while you know that breaking point where somebody just the effort you know was like I don't care I'm gonna break something I'm, I don't care I'm gonna hit this guy you know that that effort happened in the country where we just didn't care about that anymore. We went so hard on the president that everybody kind of resented it. We didn't care as some black people didn't really love the fact that he didn't make everything better like we wanted. We thought it's going to be our president and it wasn't everybody's dream president. So we got that resentment and the fact he was black got the other. So <laughs> everybody kind of had a dis- disdain in their mouth for the presidency. So you get a guy who's like, fuck it. I can do it. And It's like, go
0: ahead, man. We don't care. <laughs> get, get up there, say as much crazy shit as you can. Yeah, and like, See how we, we already it hate, you, hate you. Like
1: we can really hate you now. Like, that's all it really was. Like, People voted who hate him, like not hate him, but his character he plays on TV, like oh he's a, he's a he's a jackass. Yeah. They, but they still voted. Those who just voted for him, ironically, like some black men voted for Trump. Like that's what it, it's like. You would think, but some of them just say, you know, why not? The president, they called our president all kind of names. Let's call theirs something crazy.
0: Sometimes I swear we're in an episode of South Park.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, this shit caught up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm apparently way off. I haven't watched South Park. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, this doesn't make sense, man. And the fact yeah. people thought Kanye Kanye said this shit in 2015 at the MTV Awards, like I'm gonna run for president 2020, and he never followed through with it. So I'm like, why are we taking him serious now in July? Like, yeah. What is up with this? True. How dumb are we in the house? We need schools back because. And the kids would make everybody act right i think when parents who are dumb teaching the kids even dumber stuff it's, it's just it's covid man we got dumb as hell
0: i'm almost I'm the, the worst point of where he, here's the thing i mean society just wants to be distracted because it, it takes real life actual work to to cause change in any way shape or form and the work that comes with solving any problem is harder than just being distracted and bitching about something else yeah so instead of putting in the work to actually promote change it's like rabble 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 coronavirus rabble rabble you know like let you know
1: let's just it's get too it much all, pain you know you know that makes- i think it's too much pain though i think yeah. everybody has too much pain everybody's so mad because they never were hurt, so they start blaming every other group
0: yep.
1: and we're just a bunch of tribes now Boy. so you'll have Um, white guys who are just regular. They haven't done anything racial. They might feel how they feel, but they haven't actually reacted to anything in a racial scenario. They're just regular dudes, but now they're they're demonized to be rapists and colonizers. And they don't even do shit. They're just regular dudes. And they get called things because they just, they might disagree with somebody who's feeling real passionate about their pain, and like, hey man, maybe being unreasonable. That's the microaggression. Well, sometimes they're not. They just don't know. Sometimes it's not racial. I'm not saying that the majority's not, but I'm saying there are those cases where it's a regular dude who just think y'all too loud. Like, that still exists. We shouldn't hate everybody. We should be, like, yeah, man, understand that that person exists. A black person who didn't grow up with the best background, he exists, We don't treat him fucked up. Yeah. Like, don't think a woman doesn't understand things. Like, they, they're just as smart as us. They're in the same world. Of course they know the same stuff. And they can't fight, so they gotta be smarter than us. Like, why are we acting like these things are so amazing?
3: I mean, I think a lot of people forget a life lesson that I'm sure their parent, uncle, grandma, mom, somebody. I mean, my mom always taught me that hate's a strong word. And I think people just use that word so freely and forget Mm -hmm. that there is this word called dislike or I don't like. And uh, that's not nearly as bad as hate. Hate is hate. You know, there's a lot of anger and rage behind the word hate. And, you know it's okay to dislike something like I maybe don't like the color brown I like the color black or I like the color white I don't like the color green whatever I don't hate the other colors I just like those better Um and I'm only using that reference just because it's very basic and easy but so many people just hate 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 and it's it's so much stronger and of emotion and it drives so many more people where it's okay just to simply dislike something and move on with your day
1: Plus a dislike takes the actual experience of something else like, if you hate something, you might not even know. You just hate it. It's an instinct. It's because somebody taught you that early. But the dislike is like, oh, I've had that before. Right. And I don't, like, you've had something before that I'm, I don't really, I don't like that kind of music. You don't hate music. <laughs> like, if yeah. people say that are very weird. Nobody hates music. It's just, yeah, like, I, a certain type of music. I don't talk
3: to people that are like, I don't like music. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, that's not a real thing. It's like, you don't like sound. Your ears can't shut off, stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. but um, Even Helen Keller likes like jazz music. Yeah, but if you, like, say say somebody, I don't like jazz. You ever heard jazz? No. Okay, you're just a dickhead. Like, why are you right. talking? Like, but some people, I don't like country. You heard country before? I've heard a few songs. It wasn't my thing. That's fine. That's fair. You've heard it, at least. Right. So you can dislike it. You don't right. say, oh, I hate country. Whoa, that's, you got a story now. Why do you hate it? Something had to happen. Right. So it can't be a couple songs. Country, <laughs> like, like, you had to be conceived by somebody that your mama wants to be with country music or some stuff you had to hate country To hate country something bad had to happen to somebody close to you
0: well and it's it's so funny because i think you know i think hate is thrown around so haphazardly and people are scared to to say that they love things yeah
3: it's you know Mm.
2: they use that word in a way to that word gets overused yeah and that's why people like they, they it's like it's almost. Detachism from it, like yeah. they're it, they hear oh, I love you. I love this And all that. it just becomes another word where yeah. actually showing genuine kindness yeah. and careness and, and like being a person removing any other
3: things is where is hard for people to do and i and i feel like as people we just we let others script our days like right. we make every yep. word just so common phrase and say like, well i really don't feel that way but hey fifty percent of this you know these people say it and you know i'm in that age range so i'll just say it yeah um like that's why i can't stand you know like trendy words right yeah and everyone just uses them well, do you even like the word? Do you even know what it means? Or do you yeah. just say it because that's the popular majority? Yeah. You know, and I feel like we let society script who we are way too much. And it, it really deep down, like it doesn't show where are uncomfortable as we're talking, but at home I can be like, I can't stand the way I was talking. Yeah. It's like, well, why do it? Just do what you like.
0: Well, and I feel like people have lost touch with, you know, being a, a man or woman of action is incredibly important, but at the same time, the, an impeccable word is insanely powerful. Yeah. If I, you know, they always say, if you want something, you got to speak it into existence. You know, you need to tell yourself, you need to tell the world, you need to live it. And I I think with, you know, words just being spouted out everywhere, they lose their meaning and and it's Mm -hmm. not impeccable anymore. Yeah,
3: you're devaluing the words when they're constantly said and they're not taken seriously. Yeah. You know, so. I agree.
0: John.
2: Tell me about yes. a book you're reading right now. I have a feeling you're, you're, I'm gonna throw this one from the hip. I have a feeling you're doing something new with like like stuff like that. You always, you've always you told me things in the past. So what are you reading right now? Uh,
1: I just started reading this book. Um, I think it was, the title's kinda long. Oh, it doesn't kill you, makes you blacker. Oh. I think his name is uh, Desmond Young. Not Desmond Young, yeah, I think it might be Desmond Young. He works for The Root as uh, a website. Um, I'm not going to see his name. I think it might be Daniel. But um, I started reading that recently. Uh, it's okay for now. I'm still trying to gauge his tone.
2: If you could but, recommend a book for people to want to, like, let's say get you know, into comedy, something that got you feeling oh. good and all that, what would be a book? Because you, you are a well-known comedian around Cleveland. I thank you for being willing to be so open on here and all that. Uh, so like, what would be a way a book you want to recommend to people to help them get over their fears of getting on stage?
1: There is no book for that. Ha, uh, I love that. Like, answer. I mean, like it's almost like trying to say, um, how do you? What book would you read for courage? If I can't, like, there's nothing I can do for you. Like, okay. you have to have a situation where you you just learn courage, or you learn how to be an independent thinker. Like, you it's just like, some things you just don't have, um, or you got it takes longer to get it. I must say. Because uh, everybody's kind of funny. I don't think everybody's told a joke. It's just that some people don't speak in humor. They don't just speak that way to make everything make sense. Like, I can't teach a guy or tell a guy, hey, man, you should read a book about um, being creative. Like, you can't. Teach creativity. Only, only work ethic.
0: So what do you do? I'm sure. Do you still write a good bit? Like, do you have structured oh yeah. time?
1: Uh no not, I don't have a structured writing time. I just I don't let ideas go away. Like I don't waste them. So if I have an idea, I'll write I'll type it in my phone as much as I can get out while it's still fresh. It be, that'd be funny if that happened. I just type it out. Um or if it's faster I'll you know, write it down. Like I can write shorthand better than typing shorthand.
0: So you're more of a spur of the moment type of type of writer then?
1: Uh I'll capture the idea first yep. and then go back and see if it was actually something to I can find a funny way I was thinking, like, oh, that was funny. Let me, if I feel the same way again, I, I go with it. If it's just a passing thought, that's fine. I didn't really, yep. it didn't hurt.
0: And then you develop it a little more if you actually see, yeah. like, see, okay. Now, so what do you do if there's, you know, maybe you're revisiting something and you, and you, Uh, Like it and think there's something there or maybe it's with something else that's that you need to do But when you're really not feeling like doing what you need to do for the day or for writing or anything like that What is it that pushes you forward? What is it within you that that you're like fuck it? I'm doing it
1: Well, that's the thing since it's comedy for me. It's more mostly like my thoughts. So if I'm in a bad mood It's easier to like for me. It's easy to be mad at something and then make fun of myself for being mad. I get so mad that I realize how ridiculous I'm getting. And then I feel like maybe that's funny or maybe I'm just being, uh, maybe I'm just contradicting myself. Maybe I shouldn't be so mad about something I don't care about. So I just gauge that. I just waste, I mean, I might waste effort by writing all those down, but I rather, you know, I'm still pursuing more funny than anything or what idea I can make funny. But I don't really have a designated write time. I think that's, it's hard to say, okay, three to four, I'm gonna be creative. For Me, I can't just cut it on like that. Yep,
3: um, John, based off what you just said, I, th- I see a really big blessing in disguise. So, you said you like to kind of like when you get really mad and you're like, couldn't really understand why you're kind of making fun of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another form of self reflection right there, but he's doing it in a comedian way, yeah. mm-hmm. and like he's right there taking time to self reflect and grow just by literally making fun of himself because he loves comedy and that's what he does. Like, I, yeah, I get mad I'm at certain things is, is saying, ridiculous. Pick up that lesson real quick.
1: Because yeah, sometimes getting angry at things is ridiculous. You don't really, I'll, I'll be mad at something that doesn't even affect my, my day. It was like one instance, like five seconds of something not working out for me. I'm getting angry. It's like, you're really mad because what? You stubbed your toe? Like, your foot's still there, stupid. Like, <laughs>
0: there's
1: no reason to be this upset about things that are, are trivial as hell. Like. I just like the yell it's a whistle, it though. really loud when I get hurt. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but it's just getting angry. Like, you don't know, want you just get over it. I'm just giving an example. You just get over it. You already get mad at every little thing. So then you start realizing that getting mad is silly a lot of times. Like, I don't have to get, if somebody doesn't agree with me, I'll see if they want to listen or they just want to say fuck off. So they, you know, that exists. And I, <clears throat> I'm okay with that. I mean, that's allowed to happen too. I don't know why people get so mad when those people exist. We just think that it should be one way. Well, no, people who don't agree with you exist. So I, just, I have patience for that, but also realize when I get angry about it, to so just remember, it, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> well, and I think I think for non-comedians that's that's important too because that can be a way. It's hard sometimes for for people to look in the mirror and and to look at things that are bothering them and. And really facing them so you know maybe that could be a productive way you know I have this problem it's really tough I don't want to think about it make it make it fun you know make yeah. a joke out of it almost like make fun of this situation because that allows you to think a little more about it and work through it In a a more of a haphazardly kind of silly goofy way, instead of being like, "This is the serious thing," it's closing me in. Make it, make it like, "Oh, this is stupid," you know. But let's let's work through it still.
3: I agree. I mean, if you think back to like times you've had like arguments with your friends or like stuff happen where like at the time like you're really pissed at your buddy, and then like a year later you guys are laughing your ass off, like, "Dude, you were so mad! I know, I kicked this garbage can over and you threw something." Like, and then you're mad, but like now it's a funny, good, positive memory. It's a learning experience like dude that was hilarious and
1: they're
3: like yeah that's true it was pretty funny like I was mad but it was funny yeah. you know
1: what I mean and that's just part of growing too yeah yeah you got to think if you can do it for your friends you can do it for yourself and yeah. you yeah. should so the easier you can if you can forgive a friend for something they did to you you can forgive yourself for making a mistake because you you didn't do it to yourself like you just know people get upset and distracted because things go wrong just gotta realize sometimes it wasn't your fault or whatnot
0: well, and that, I think that's the big thing, too. I think for as judgmental as people are to others, they're even more judgmental to themselves. So say Joe's my coach. I do something wrong at practice. He might yell at me once to correct me, but him yelling at me once is, you know, it's the correction. That's all. It's all that's needed. But then I go inside my head, and I constantly judge myself for that. I ah, screwed up. I did that wrong. Why did I do that? Blah, blah, blah. So, I'm, you know, I feel like people constantly torment and judge themselves instead of being reprimanded once, you're then reprimanding yourself a thousand times. And I think that's human nature a bit. Oh, yeah. But I think that that's something we need to be conscious of. Like, hey, give yourself a break. You know, And I think people forget that we need to give ourselves a little
3: break. Constructive criticism goes more ways than one. It's not just like, you know, Brandon's my boss, obviously. Maybe I messed up or do do something the way I should have. It was still good, but not the way it needed to be done. Hey, you know, maybe why don't you do it this way? Don't Mm -hmm. get butt hurt. Take it for what it's worth. And then also, you know, like in my head, don't beat myself up like you were just saying all day about it. Be like, all right, I see where he's coming from. He's meaning it in a good way to help me. Like, I don't need to keep eating myself up. Yeah. That's why he told me he's my boss. Yeah. Take it for what it is, leave it yeah. there. And, and, uh, I mean, a lot of us just overthink too. We yeah. Just keep going. The brain's always going.
2: John, I have a question. What is that behind your head? Because you keep aligning it
3: perfectly. It looks like, like you big have cat horns. ears or horns. Yeah. Or like, maybe. Yeah, angel horns. I, I
1: was like. i rather the like horns. That's so I'm trying to keep it. Position like this behind me. It was uh, perfect,
3: like the whole
2: time I'm watching
3: this going like for a second I was like, is it an x-ray? Is it ears? Like, what is it? I
2: thought it was lungs. I was like, Wow, he
3: really
1: no, was like not interested lungs. in COVID. It's <laughs> Not, sure. not sure. Uh, it's, uh, um this it's like This is it's a perspective of a person.
2: Ooh, oh I like it. I gotcha. Uh I, I just your head was perfectly in the center of it the whole time and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> it, it's
3: like a hat to him. I, was like, like, I think he's doing it on purpose because he could
1: even like rock with it a little bit. Yeah. You angled it see.
3: every time yeah. you moved. Chester it was like Williams. perfect. It's like oh, anything is anything
1: bad? It's a, the artist was looking down at herself and she painted herself. So was just so I'm trying to block the middle part where all the stuff is. Oh, all right.
2: I'm glad you shaved your yeah, head. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's funny as hell. Like, I'm glad you shaved your head.
2: Oh man!
1: So
2: you're um you've been doing a lot of stuff through COVID, getting out there. I've seen you been posting and stuff like that. Been following your Instagram. Yeah. Actually, do yourself a favor, throw out your Instagram handle. We'll make sure everybody hears it, and we'll tag it. out, Obviously.
1: Oh, John Bruton. J O H N B R U T O N.
2: Boom! Uh, you have a couple shows coming up. You want to give them a shout out really quick, that way everybody knows where to oh, find yeah.
1: you. Um, I'm, well, my secret show, you just got to RSVP to um m-e-l-m guest list at gmail.com uh it's a, it's a private show every monday the rcp fill up at 20 and then we just have a show and um, i got a show on the 17th in akron at the pharmacy uh, it's a bar right off of market street i believe so i'm gonna try something in front of people that i didn't bring and we'll see how it feels i love it so it'll be fun
2: uh, you, he's. If you guys haven't checked him out yet, uh, John is an
3: absolutely hysterical comedian. You know his mood right away. Uh, John just makes me laugh every time we talk to him. He, like I don't even need to see his shows. I can see where it comes from just talking to him. Like, oh makes- no, I'm not so
1: heavy. I'm not so heavy on stage. Like, right now, I'm not going to talk about um, certain parts of race just yet because I got to be around other people to do that first. I don't want to talk about it in front of mixed company i'm saying so the wrong thing, thing. so like every time I'm yeah, yeah it's gonna now. be very i'm silly now i'm way more silly now because i'm so i'm so personally upset that all things i do on stage now are pretty much a silly dumb seinfeld type thing yeah I like bet. food delivery i got an argument about food delivery and how different type of people bring my food and how i feel about different type of people bringing my food to me and my experiences with food food it's very simple lighthearted. everybody can laugh at this stuff just to do that again
2: yeah have you gone out much since everything's been going on?
1: No, I'm cool. I don't know. Really <laughs> <go. laughs> no, because it's only because people it's more so people are fighting science. And I don't really trust people like that. Like they're saying, hey, wear a mask is safer. And they're like, what? I'm not wearing a mask. It's like all it is is a fucking mask. Right. Like it's not even like you gotta put anything in your body. They're you not know saying get a catheter or no wild stuff. It's just yo, put this mask on. I ain't wearing no mask. That's a trick. What? What, of what, like, what is the trick? You, like, making you that, breathe your CO2. Oh. Man, those people scare me. I got asthma. My mask is just fine. I got 295 mask. I have not started wheezing with the mask on yet. I agree. Um, I just, it,
2: being out. I and will I go smoke,
1: out. like, it's like, I got weak ones. I smoke and I got asthma. I have started, I have not started wheezing in that mask yet. It, so, come on, man. I, I can't go out with people. You know, I'm going to try it. On 17, I'm going to try it. Maybe acting, people are better than Cleveland. I'm going to try it and see how it feels. I can I'm going to sanitize myself the whole time. I'm going to be with a mask on and then put a face shield on. We
3: should just come up there and just start dumping Purell on them for we, part of the we show. We're going to do All <laughs> right. Purell Baptism. Oh, a pure baptism? Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Sounds like it would burn. <laughs> like, I mean, it could it could just be you know, say it's pure it could just be water. I mean, yeah. but I think it'd be yeah,
1: funny well, right now with COVID going on. It'd be pretty funny. I was, I mean, I, I wear gloves on mics now because I know microphones are one of the most disgusting things. Nobody ever san- it's The first time a lot of microphones have been sanitized. Like I know that. Like, I know. <laughs> At uh, the venue I used to go to, Grog Shop, those microphones just get taken out and put back into the uh, crate. Like nobody wipes them down. Or, and yeah, a lot of guys scream it, into like, the mic yeah. and spit <laughs> Like that's years That is of kind of gross of now that you think about it. Yeah.
0: that's
3: So many
1: rock concerts, and and so many screaming bands. Like it's <laughs> so many screaming bands are just so loud. It's like, yeah, they're spitting into that microphone. Man, oh.
0: <laughs> Man I'd, I'd hate to smell that mic at LVT. Brian's been talking to that for years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, oh man. Oh, do we I keep first? Were you still there? No, he's left. Oh, yeah,
1: he didn't me. move I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, nice.
2: <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, you're starting a podcast, aren't you?
1: Yes, uh, oh, yeah, I just started it. It's called um Friday Late Show. It's on Spotify now. It's a podcast about um having bad shows as a comedian. You know, we, everybody's pretty much sitting down, so it's easy to get conversations with guys about their worst shows. So we just talk about That's the worst show on, you've yeah. had and what you've learned from it. And it's, it's a lot of good stories about getting over stuff.
0: Yep.
1: And getting through stuff. Like one guy, Mike Head, he's from Cleveland. He had a really good story. In about a couple of weeks I released it where he talked about um, his audition in LA to get a nice contract, I mean, a nice little career boost and how it all went bad for him, and just to hear I still dealing with it, it's kind of a cool story to hear. Even if, like you remove comedy, any industry you're in that you take a chance on yourself, this is a good story. So. I think it's it's, it's cool podcasting right now.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really uh, unique idea for a show. That like that's definitely going to be entertaining, and also, I mean, you're going to be learning life lessons from people that had to learn some hard life lessons through themselves. Correct. So I think that, yeah. that that show brings a lot of fun, and it also brings some good, great value of learning. Yeah, it has you know two good components right off the rip. We'll have to make yeah, sure we share
1: that. sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was saying, oh, I will say everybody's like it's like everybody chases their dream at least once. And it's like the one time you hear about guys who are chasing their dream and how it's not easy. You know, it's because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Nobody wants to bomb on stage. It just, it happens. We all think we're going to be funny. That's why we do this. But then sometimes you have those one shows, you invited all your friends to it, and it went left. It's embarrassing. Double time. The strangers think you ain't funny and all your friends doubting you. That's just, a, it's a hard thing to, to deal with, but we all keep going. And you know, that pressure of your socialist life is less than economy life which is more important I, agree.
0: I think that's just such a great example I mean people you know people all know what it looks like once you're the star they, they don't understand that every star had to go through those those hurdles you know they did fail many many times no one's ever made it without failing and that's you know whether that's in you know in the practice room or out under the lights you know everyone's had those struggles
3: oh yeah most definitely
2: I thought you guys were going to say something else the way that. No, I was went. like, I everyone mean, said it. something. I was like, looking at you. You both looked at and me, and I'm sitting here going, uh. You like the lunch filling? Now right you now?
0: know how I feel when you're randomly like, okay, open
3: it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I can doing. We, uh, go ahead, do
2: it. So, John, I want to thank you for being on here, my man. Uh, I look forward to doing more with you. Uh, let's talk because I know I want to introduce you to Shayna uh, with Black Girl Media. We were talking about that <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Yes, playing in the background i didn't know that but it looks really cool thanks guys i love you uh but we are uh i want to introduce you to shayna she's moving her office right now but soon as she's done i want to bring you on and be able to have like, have you and her meet because if you're doing the comedian stuff and everything you're talking about we with uh just getting out there and helping these kids and all that just she would be an excellent contact huh met her once. no no Nope, he hasn't met her yet. yet. So I want to thank you, John. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, I'm going to listen to your podcast as soon as I can. And I want to start sharing. Every
1: Sunday I put it up. Every Sunday at noon on Spotify.
2: Every Sunday noon on Spotify. Boom. Love it. Uh, John, thank you again. Good seeing you, John. Take care, buddy.
1: Yes, sir, I'll See you guys soon.
2: See you, buddy. Hopefully.